Welcome to In Between Breaths, the podcast where we go deep into relationships, family, romantic, friendships, and most importantly, the relationship with yourself. I'm Scott. And I'm Alana. This is podcast episode four. It's on boundaries. We're real excited to, uh, to get into boundaries. And we're re-recording the intro to this podcast because we just didn't feel like it was our best. When we listened back to it, quite honestly, I almost fell asleep. And Alana mentioned that her eardrums nearly started bleeding. So <laughs> yeah, a little bit of honesty there up front. So we decided to re-record it and we weren't comfortable with releasing something that was 50% effort. And that right there, that's a boundary. So let's get into a definition of what a boundary is. We came up with this definition by exhaustively searching the internet and Library of Congress. Maybe <laughs> not the Library of Congress, but um, we most certainly got the internet in there. So boundaries are designed to keep your self-love intact and prevent you from being manipulated, used, or violated. It's a beautiful example, I think, of how we protect ourselves and love ourselves in the process. That's really what a boundary is all about. It's about loving ourselves, doing the things that we need to do in order to keep ourselves safe, loved, feeling good, feeling valued by both ourselves and others. Right. Um, something else that we had come across while exhaustively searching the all corners of the internet was that walls keep people out and boundaries show people where the door is and that is a great way to describe how a boundary works you know it's a, it's a way to to teach the people and yourself how you need to be loved or how you'd like to be loved how you'd like to be treated and it's one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves and our loved ones to get the most out of our relationships. When you're creating these boundaries, you're showing some people who you are. You're showing people how, what it takes to love you, like you said. And they're getting to know you better, like the real you, not that like fake you that's like, oh yeah, I love fruitcake. And you know, you're, you're, you're saying no. I don't really enjoy fruitcake. I'm so grateful that you took the time to want to make it for me and do something nice for me. So boundary. So make cheesecake next time. And I love jelly beans. <laughs> yes. Um, I think most of the time when people think of a boundary, they think of something negative or they think of um, you closing something off you're sharing more of yourself. It's giving the people closest to you in your life uh, an inside view of what goes on. You know, you don't have to hold everything in. You can share your feelings, your emotions with your boyfriend, your friends. Doing this brings you closer together. And, and that's true. Um, it does bring you closer together and I, I want to bring up that nobody, nobody likes a yes man or a yes woman to be no. completely PC there. When someone just yeses us to death, it doesn't feel good. 
doesn't feel right. In a relationship, we want everybody to equally contribute. You know, sometimes a little more of one person, sometimes a little more of the other person, but you know, kind of equals out. Right. Because in a relationship, you're in a relationship together. Yes. In some instances, one person may be doing more and then the other person is there to take over when needed. It's all about give and take. Speaking of boundaries, I, I think you had a question for me, but that I think might be crossing a boundary for me. So, well, I'll let you ask it and we'll see what happens. Okay. So I noticed in your childhood bedroom, prominently displayed are the favors that you got from a few different proms that you had went to. So there's a, like a beer sign, there's a champagne glass. I was just interested in why they were put in such a place of prominence. And if they had some sort of attachment, like there was a a reason why you put them where you put them. Okay. And just for some backstory, um, Alana lives in my childhood home. So she has access to like all of my personal stuff that I left behind when I left like so many years ago. Yeah. Like 20 years ago or whatever. So yeah, she's been looking through my stuff and with my permission, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, mentioning that. I'm not creepily snooping through his stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, otherwise that could be a, a boundary. So, um, and part of it still feels like a boundary, but I promise to be honest. Why do I have all this stuff? If you notice all the stuff that you mentioned mm-hmm. is alcohol related. Wow. Is it not? I, it 100% is. And I didn't so- even put that together. So that's the first thing. So alcohol is very important to me when I was that age because it was scarce and it was just hard to get. And that was the goal at that point to amass alcohol and and have drunk nights. The second reason is I thought because I was kind of in a lot of a lot of times a shy kid and I wasn't wasn't very good at well. I didn't, I didn't ask girls out. I waited until they came to me. That, that was my whole okay. strategy. So <laughs> in, in none of those prom situations, unless I was in an actual relationship, did I ask that person to the prom? I was asked to the prom or I was asked to my prom. Wow. That's so, interesting. So it was also a, um, a place of, I guess, triumph. Because, right, like a badge of honor. Yeah, if you can imagine, it's really, really hard to get someone to like you when you can't ask them out. Right. Yep. When you don't have the courage to do so. So that, that was, that was one of the things I had overcome as a kid or as a teenager. So, and that goes back to another story, which I will totally save for another podcast as to why that is, because I did have a somewhat traumatic event in my past that, that set all that in motion. So we'll, we'll get to that. All right. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. So, all right. So now that we know a little bit more about boundaries and, uh, what's in my childhood bedroom, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alana, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, what is a boundary? What, how do I do it? I, cause I, I, I would have loved to know this earlier in my life. So the first and absolutely most important thing when, Uh, deciding to set a boundary with someone is you have to know 
exactly what you want. You need to know it, what things are bothering you, what behaviors, what words, what anything is bringing you grief or upsetting you before going into it. It is so important to know where the boundary needs to be. And also beyond that, because also part of you know making boundaries and sticking to them is compromise. You need to know if there's any deal breakers. Like if there's absolutely, there's things that you absolutely cannot uh, give up. You, you know, you are just not okay with. Um, and that all needs to be put out on the table with the person that you are setting the boundary with. And part of that is also understanding what you need in the relationship. Again, going back to <clears throat> being, keeping your sense of self in the relationship, you need to be aware of the fact you don't always need to accommodate your partner's needs. Uh, I know for me, I would always bend, always, always, always. And I would have their needs come before mine. So if you wanted to go to a movie and so the someone else wanted to go out to dinner instead, you would just say, yeah, sure. Well, I wanted to go to the movie, but, you know, let's just go out to dinner. It's fine. Exactly. Or I would not do things or not say things that needed to be said like a, setting a boundary because I didn't want to hurt that other person because I didn't want them to have to change for me. That sounds like you a know? recipe of repression right there. Yeah. A recipe for absolute disaster. It sounds like a pressure cooker. It is because whether or not, you know what pressure cooker is literally the perfect example because whether or not you realize it, you're going to start building resentment. And then one day, boom, the, the lid is going to fly off and everything is going to come out. That's great. And that's not, that's not going to be good for anyone. Yeah. And I don't mean that's great in a way that we want you to explode. I think it's great, <laughs> a great reason for you to set boundaries. Because if you're not setting boundaries, then you are telling yourself that you don't matter, that this other person might matter, but you don't matter. So how are you going to be able to love this other person if you can't love yourself, you can't be there for yourself, you can't stand up for yourself? That's why these boundaries need to be created. No one's going to advocate for you the way that you're going to advocate for yourself. And no one can because they're not in your head. They don't know what's in your heart and they don't know how you feel. So you have, you have to let that be known. Well, while you're doing this, you need to be very careful about the words that you choose when you're setting your boundary. You can't just come to the person and say, you can't do this anymore. I don't like this. I don't like when you do that because right off the bat, the person's going to feel attacked and it's going to feel negative. It's Has this ever happened like, to you? Oh, definitely. Give me an example. Be I want to hear an example from your life. It was a pressure cooker situation. I got fed up. And I was like, I'm so sick of watching your, what is, I don't even know what it's called. Like um, the dirt bike races. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sick of watching this. I'm so sick of hearing about it. This is stupid. 
blah, blah. Like I literally just blew up and it didn't have to go that way. I could have just been like, Hey, we watched this for a little while. Can we watch X, Y, Z? Right. Right. Like you you were, you you were thinking I've watched your dirt bike races like every day for an entire year. I really want to watch my little pony. Exactly. And, and it came, it came out like, I hate you so much. And this is, this is still a boundary. It's not what you said is just not an example of a very good boundary where you said, I am so fed up and this, and you were probably yelling at him too. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, I was. Like it was a cover your ears situation. Yes, because it was also quite late because these the good races come on in the middle of the night because they're overseas. Uh-huh. So I was tired and just not in the right headspace because I should not have I, sh- I shouldn't have talked to him that way. I should not have disrespected him in that way. Yeah, I, I learned so much about dirt bike races. Yeah, I thought I wasn't going to learn anything new in this episode because I've been so deep on boundaries and what they mean. And now I know that dirt bike races, at least the good ones are on in the middle of the night. So I'll keep that in mind the next time. Yeah. Next time I want to watch one in case I'm up in the middle of the night. It's insomnia. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll put you, you to sleep fast. Trust me. That's a great example of um, me not choosing the appropriate language. So let's, let's role play a little bit. If, if I were this person watching dirt bike races in the middle of the night and you wanted mm-hmm. to watch, what did you say? My Little Pony, right? Right. And right. I, I mean, that's that's obviously a terrible example. What did, what did you want to do? I just, I literally, Scott, wanted to watch anything else. Okay. Okay. And this is this is really common because you're really, you're really at the point that you've mm-hmm. held this boundary in for so long. You're like, anything else will do. I just can't have this anymore. So- so go okay. ahead and, and tell me how you would have set the boundary now. I would have said, hey, listen, we've watched this every night this week. Uh, I've gone with you to showrooms. I've gone with you to, uh, to the actual races. I would appreciate if maybe we could find something else that we were both interested in. You know, something to that effect, not just completely shutting, shutting him down but trying to find a middle ground with him, but also bringing to his attention the fact that, yes, we have been watching it. I have been supportive of you in all of this thus far, and I will continue to be supportive of it. I need to have some reciprocation. And what were you missing? What were you missing when, when he was sitting there watching those dirt bike races? And what were you hoping to get? out of this well he was so locked into it it was like I wasn't even there it was just you know what to be honest with you I'm as embarrassing as it is he talked about these people like the racers and the bikes like they were just the most incredible thing in the world and I think I was a little jealous of that because honestly a joke that we had was if there was a bus coming down the road and he could save me or his bike, it would be his bike. I wanted to know and to feel that I was that important also. I think that's something that happens in a lot of relationships. Someone has something really important in their life, especially in a romantic relationship when you're so close that you you feel like that other thing is taking away from your relationship because they're spending so much time with it. You feel gypped. You're like, 
you know, you kind of wish you're like, I wish I was the dirt biker because then at least right. get some love. Right? Exactly. It wasn't something that we could do together because I couldn't ride on the bike with him. So it was, even though, you know, we had this intense relationship, we were living together, but there was a, this whole part of his life that I was not a part of and could not be a part of. And did you like have an idea one day that maybe you should dress up like a dirt biker and like ring the doorbell and like surprise them or that? No, you're, you're too way past that at that point. <laughs> yeah. Cause honestly, he probably just would have laughed at me. So it probably would not have gotten a, a good response. So what I'm understanding from all of this is that, and this is such a common thing, especially for, for men, we think that, you know, we are doing the right thing because we're sticking to who we are as a person and we're not, we're not giving anything up because we don't want to lose ourselves. And I've done this so many times thinking that, yeah, I've lost myself in so many relationships. I'm not giving this up because this is me and this is what I'm supposed to do. And we forget that part of being in a relationship, part of the reason we want to be in a relationship is to be present with another human. And so many, so many men forget about being present with this other human. I mean, what's the most common complaint from, from women, at least from my standpoint, is I want to communicate with you more. I want to talk with you more. You know, you, you guys are, you got it all figured out because you were, you were raised to talk more about your feelings and things like that. And men right. were like, well, we just do what we do. You go do your thing. I'll go do my thing. And like, it'll just happen naturally. And it's not so relationships are a lot of work. And if you're not present with someone, if you don't take time to be present with them and find out what you love about doing these things, certain things together, then you're not really in a relationship. You're, you're in a, you're with a roommate. Yeah. Like he thought that because we were watching these things together and maybe we were cuddling on the couch that we were spending quality time together. And from my standpoint, that is definitely not what was happening. Right. It was to the point where it was, if I got up to you know, go get a drink, go to the bathroom, whatever it may be, he was literally like, you know, get away from, you're blocking the screen. It was just like, even one night before this blow up, I got up, walked away, just like went into the bedroom and didn't come back. And he didn't even realize for at least an hour. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but that's, that's when, you know, that's when, you know, right there that you're not spending quality time together. It doesn't mean that this thing was wrong that he was doing, right? You know, you're allowed to do what you want, but don't count it as quality time. Exactly. You got that right. Something else that you need to do when setting boundaries for yourself is you need to have someone, either one person, a group of people who are going to hold you accountable and who are going to make sure that you keep those boundaries in place because sometimes you know we fall back and you're afraid to bring it up again or show that there's a consequence for that person breaking that boundary and you need to have people in your corner you know reminding you hey like this is good for you this is good for your relationship you need to stick with it right because bring bringing the advocate thing back again Yes, we are our be best advocates, but every once in a while, you need someone, you need a cheerleader in your corner. And, and I'm biased because, because I coach people, I'm, I, I coach people on all sorts of different things. 
I'm not necessarily right. a relationship coach, but I do do some things around relationships. And it's so important if you're in a relationship to have something. I wish so many times in my relationships that I had someone like a coach, a therapist. I got, I mean, I'd gone to therapy a few times, but I wish I had gone to therapy more and been like, you know, this is, this is bugging me. What do I do? How do I handle this? Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to have someone outside, not necessarily someone that just is yesing you to death, but someone that's right. going to be honest with you and be like, Alana, here's my perspective on the situation. And on this other thing, you might need to back off or you might need to rethink what you're thinking. Because from my perspective, this is what I'm seeing. Someone right. that's going to be honest. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Like not one of my girlfriends being like, yeah, stick it to him. He's a jerk. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no. kick it, kick him in his face. Well, he was quite tall. I probably would have had to jump off a ladder to kick him in the face, but. Even tall people sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do, I guess. You know what? Words to I live by. Kicked him, I could have kicked him in the face while he was watching his stupid motocross. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you learned something. Maybe not the. Maybe not the thing you should have learned, but. <laughs> right. I suppose that depends on perspective. But exactly. We'll see. we'll see. You tell me in ten years if maybe you know that came in handy someday. Probably not. <laughs> well, we should also talk about what you need to do after you set the boundary. And someone breaks it. So when we set boundaries, a lot of times there has to be a consequence, especially in any kind, really in any kind of relationship, familiar relationship, a friendship, because sometimes when we set boundaries, someone might still come in and cross that boundary and think it's okay. They're like, ah, they didn't really mean it. You know, maybe they're mad at the time or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just as important as it is for us to set boundaries for ourselves and have a consequence because if there's no consequence, we're just like, yeah, you know, it's not that important. We need to, when we have a boundary, it's because it's important to us. It's because we need this in our life. So no matter right. who it is, there needs to be a consequence. And what's a, what's an example of a consequence? Okay. So uh, I had to, I had to set a boundary with my ex, um, I had to, I had to cut off contact with her and I'm still in the midst of this, although I'll, I've broken it and I'll tell you why and, and what the reason for what it was is I set this up with my coach that she told me that relationships are like drugs. And, mm. and a lot of times you need to cut yourself off from that relationship in order to be friends or, you know, know if you're going to have anything and for you to really think clearly about your own life and what you want to do. So the boundary was that I would not talk to her until I basically until I felt better about it until I could do it rationally. And I said all, all these, all these reasons how I could know that it was, it was so hard for me this week because I had to break it. I'm considering moving and she still has stuff here and a whole laundry list of other things that she, she's going to watch, she has to watch my cat while, while I'm gone because I have a, I have a special cat that needs special things. Let's just say that <laughs> I'm going in too deep. She's going to watch them and she wants to watch them. It's one of the deals that we made um, that I would let her watch them so she could spend time with them. I had to talk to her about it. I mean, we just texted, but I had to talk to her about it and it was deeply uncomfortable. So 
you know, I just, but I think you could, I think you could get a pass for that one because you weren't just texting her saying, Hey, what's up? What are you doing? You weren't just trying to have a conversation. Like this was something that needed to be done. You were being proactive and you were being responsible. Sometimes you're going to have to reach out to her because like you said, you still have connections. Yeah. We were, we were together for like almost 15 years. So my consequence was I had to admit to my coach that I was, that I was doing this and I had Mm -hmm. to write down all the reasons why I did it and why I thought it was important. So it would literally take up like probably for me a half hour of my time, which I don't have a lot of to explain my reasons for contacting her. So yeah, that, that was my consequence. Okay. And do you feel that, do you feel it was effective? I feel like it was effective because I didn't, I didn't contact her and it was hard. I wanted to, I wanted to say, oh, this is going on in my life. This is, you know, how are you doing with this? And I wanted to know. So yeah, I feel like it was effective. I'd like to, I'd like to use a, a simpler boundary if possible as an example. So I went to this conference and they showed me a really a really easy way to set boundaries and consequences. And these are mostly boundaries with yourself. I wanted to stop watching TV for like a month. And I made up this outlandish just consequence because I didn't, I wanted to make sure I did it because I really didn't want to do it. And the thing with the consequence, you have to make sure you do it. You have to be committed to doing the consequence if you break from your, from your commitment. So I said, I don't want to watch TV for 30 days. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a gas station and I will record me giving five people free, five free tanks of gas. The more effective the consequence, the more committed you're going to be to not doing that consequence. I didn't want to do that. That was a lot of money. Yeah. Gas expensive, especially in California. That's probably cost me like almost $500, depending on who's filling up. Right. Wow. So did it work? Yeah, it worked. Awesome. And it was really good for me. And, you know, that was a really good point. The consequence has to be effective enough to stop the behavior. Because if it's not, then why would you stop? And here's here's something I want to touch on. This is a consequence and a boundary that I've come in contact with for women is, oh, don't do this or no sex. That is way too much to even unpack because you can do an entire podcast about that because that goes into um, the way women see themselves and sexism and, you know, sex should not be looked at as, in my opinion, in that way. Yeah. It shouldn't be something that you can use or, or lord over someone. Yeah, I, I just, that's just not healthy. Absolutely. I just wanted to throw it out there because I wanted to mention that that boundary is not healthy for the relationship. So if you're right. thinking of using sex as a consequence for boundary, please don't, please don't take it from me. It is not, it is not a, a good thing to do. It's not good for your relationship and it's, it's not, it's not healthy. And there's so much more to you than just sex. You have much more value that you don't need to say, oh, well, the only thing of any consequence that I can withhold is my body. What I like to do uh, with circumstances with other people and what I find works well is I will say, if, for instance, in your situation, if we could have 
some time to be present with each other in our relationship. Mm -hmm. I won't, I won't bother you when you're watching your motocross for, you know, X amount of time. And in order for it to be effective, it has to work for both parties. You can't put all of the weight on just one of the parties in the situation that will never work. Yeah. Or, you, you know, another good thing you could say is when we're present with each other, let's do something that, that you like to, what is it that, you know, you want to do together and, you know, we've never done or, you know, whatever, bring, bring, bring both people's stuff into it and make it, yeah. make it something. This is, this is like my philosophy for exercise. I don't like to exercise at the gym. I like to exercise with things that are fun because it makes yeah. me do it all the time. The same thing yeah. with, with boundaries. I mm -hmm. like to, when I set a boundary, I'm like, let's find a way to make it good. Let's find a, let's make a way to draw everyone into this boundary. And not make it something so difficult to uh, obtain or adhere to. Yeah, that would have been great. I could have been like, hey, why don't we, why don't we go take a hike and go fishing? Something we both enjoy. I enjoy going for hikes. You really like going fishing. I like going fishing, you know. It, it would be great for us to do something together that we both enjoy and that, you know, doing Sounds things fun. like that, it, it brings you closer together. Yes, absolutely. You know, sharing that experience brings you closer together. I want to list some boundaries that, that I have just to kind of give some examples of things I set boundaries for myself, because these are, these are the best places to start boundaries with yourself. If you have boundaries with yourself, you can set boundaries with other people. If you have no boundaries with yourself, which I used to have no boundaries with myself, I found that I was unable to set boundaries with anyone else. One of my most recent things that I, I've set that I'm really proud of is overcommitting. When someone comes to me and they need help and I don't have time, instead of just saying, yes, absolutely, I'll do it, I think about it and decide whether that actually fits into my life or not, whether I can actually do that or not. I can't really give to someone else unless you give to yourself first. Otherwise you have nothing left over and you're just giving them, basically just giving them shit. And right. I don't want to give shit to others. I'm done. Thank you I'm for that. that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so some other, some other examples of, of my boundaries is that I said, staying at parties too late. I would always be like mm. the last person to leave the party. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm having so much fun. And then the next day I would feel like crap because I stayed out till like five in the morning and I would sleep mm. all day. And I would just, I would lose a day. So there was like, there, that was the consequence in itself. So it just sort of, it was a self-evolving boundary. Um, right. Drinking alcohol, uh, gave up alcohol. I set a boundary just to not drink. And I'm so much clearer for it. I, I still go to parties and I just, I literally pretend that I'm drinking with some sort of fizzy water. I do the same thing. Club soda with lime, yeah. which is a silly thing too, because, um, it shouldn't matter to other people whether you're drinking or not, and it shouldn't matter to you. I just really want something to drink. So me too. I just want something to drink, and then I mean, I sometimes I would have I've drank uh, non-alcoholic beers, but you know, do I do I really need to do that? Some of them are quite tasty. That Heineken Zero, I'll tell you, it's actually had some good. Of those. those are good, and this is this is now we're in a commercial for Heineken Zero. So just yes. in case anyone knows Heineken. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Come on. Like we, we <laughs> love your beer. We love it. Yes. We love your non-alcoholic beer. Okay. What other boundaries do I have? Um, boundaries around, I'm, I'm basically gluten-free now mm -hmm. for the most part. 
although I'm allowed to cross it every once in a while. But basically, like I eat, I eat almost no gluten. Right. That was a boundary. It's made me feel oh so much better, so much better. Well, that's good. So it sounds like all of these boundaries that you have set has caused for all good things in your life. Yeah, and that's and that's the spirit of all these boundaries. Is I'm teaching myself how to love myself better, how to do right. good things for myself. Because I, as you could tell, like staying at parties too late, probably drinking too much alcohol eating bad food. They're all reasons that I was just not being good to myself. Yeah. That's, you know, my biggest boundary, the biggest thing I hold myself to, or try to hold myself to, because I'm not perfect. I'm just a person is that I find that I focus too much of my energy on work or schoolwork. And I don't do enough to take care of my mental health like just going for a walk or going to get my nails done, getting my hair done, something that just makes me feel good. I always feel like I need to be doing something else, you know, or, you know, cleaning something or just anything when I could be focusing that time on doing something for me. At first I thought it was selfish, but it's, it's, it's not like I, I really, in order to be my best self, I need to take care of myself. Yeah, I love that you zeroed in on that too, that I felt like I was being selfish, doing something good for me. I think it it seems like, oh, it would be so easy. And a lot of people, they don't have problems with that. They they don't have problems doing something good for yourself, but some people do. They feel like it's selfish for me to take time for myself. And I say it in that weird voice because that's how I felt. Like it was whiny. It was like, oh, it's so selfish. Right. And like in the past before, like I made this, decision to be active about it. If I was going to do something for myself, I would do something for someone else. So I would have to do something like that in order to be okay with taking the time for myself or that I wasn't giving myself enough value because it's like, no, I can just, I can just go and get my nails done because I feel like it. That feeling that you described that it became stressful for you to do that is a really good indicator you're giving away more than you're getting. So if you can, if you can do that in a way where you're getting all you need and then giving to someone else, then that's, that's a win-win. Yeah. And there's the words, uh, how to explain this very clearly is escaping me, but it's like, I like to volunteer a lot. And when I explain it to people, I always do it in a way that's self-deprecating because I'm like, well, selfishly, it makes me feel good. And I shouldn't feel bad about that. You know, it brings me joy to help other people. It brings me joy to be able to do for others because I can't. And that shouldn't be something that I I look at as negatively. Because there's been points in my life where I have received help from other people. And now being in a place to help others, it feels good. It really feels good. Yeah, I agree. I have that feeling too. And that's a good indication that you are in a position to give to others when it feels good to give, because if it feels stressful, if it feels like, oh, this is hard, then that's a good indication of you're in a place that where you're depleted. I've been there so many times where I'm like, oh, but I think it feels good. And it it doesn't, I'm like, "Eh, it doesn't feel that good. I just, just telling myself that. Right. It's using these indicators and looking within yourself 
you find where you need to put these boundaries or if you need to move the boundary because maybe it's not in the right place for you in order to set yourself on the path that you need to be on in order to be successful in whatever you're trying to achieve. So let's go over one last time how to set a boundary. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to find out what the result is that you're that you're looking for. Find out what you want. Um, the next thing that you want to do is remember you're sharing with this person or yourself how to best love you. Make it positive. It doesn't have to be a wall. And set a consequence. If you break this, we can't have this kind of conversation. If you if you break this we might not be able to do this together or it won't be fun for me or you know whatever try try to make it as positive as you can and don't apologize for your boundary you don't have to apologize for it i'm a big apologizer i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry don't apologize for being who you are right. trust your gut trust your gut if you feel like this is something that you need to set a boundary with do it if it's for yourself if it's for another person whatever trust your gut if you're feeling like you can always you can always change the boundary it doesn't have to be rigid you can always change the goalpost you're like well this isn't working out for us so i really need to change this goal yeah that's that's a very important point like that boundaries don't have to be rigid they can definitely be moved it's it's all very fluid and you know if it, if it isn't working at first see what you can do what changes that you can make in order to make it successful. And there's all different types of boundaries. There's physical boundaries. Like if someone like this, their face is like right up against yours and you're like, you're, <laughs> you're breathing in my face. That's physical boundary. Sexual boundary. So this could be unwanted sexual contact or just being pressured into doing something you're not comfortable with. Really, if someone is making you feel uncomfortable sexually, then you may need to set a sexual boundary. Intellectual boundaries, um, something I, I probably really need to work on. Um, these are boundaries around your thoughts and beliefs. So if you have a belief about something and someone tells you that it's a different way, personally, I like to be open to that. But if it hurts you, if you're feeling overloaded about it, or if they're arguing with you about it or pushing you in a way that you don't like, you might need to set a boundary intellectually. Right. Um, That's and that's very important for our current climate today. There's a lot of things that people are very emotionally charged about that can start um, arguments or, you know, cause rifts between people. And there's definitely ways to go about it without hurting anyone's feelings. Absolutely. And on the flip side, too, if you have to set a boundary around a specific belief and you can't let other beliefs in, I would I would take a look at that because that might be something you need to, you know, find out a way that you can be more open, right? Find out a way where you can accept that other people have beliefs, um, emotional boundaries. Uh, this kind of just refers to your personal feelings, as you might expect, you might not feel comfortable sharing everything about yourself with a friend or a partner. And that's okay. You don't have to share everything with someone else. They have to earn that from you financial boundaries. And this is all centered around money. Like I may not want you borrowing money without you asking. You might not like me spending your money on trendy fashions that I, that I want because I'm really, really fashionable. That's what I have in the notes here. Super trendy. Yeah. Or yeah. it could, 
it could be something like uh, loaning money to someone. You could have a friend that is always looking to borrow money and you're fine with that, but your partner might not be. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you loaning money to, to your dad because he's always buying trendy fashions. He's, he's trendy and fashionable. Your dad definitely does that. My dad, my dad inherits just clothes (laughs) from people. That's where his trendy fashions, like someone doesn't want something. He's like, don't throw that out. He's like, I gotta wear that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, he's got a, uh, it's blue raincoat. It's got white polka dots. I'll tell you what, quite fashionable. Yeah. He's, he's wearing my, like my snowboarding jacket from high school in the winter because he doesn't want to waste it. (laughs) That's it. You know what? He's being frugal and he's helping the environment. So it's true. It's true. I probably shouldn't make fun of it, but that's, that's what he does. And it drives me nuts. I'm like, Hey, that's my Rangers hat from when I was a kid. And he still has it 40 years later. <laughs> so there are all types of boundaries. They, they apply to every aspect of our lives, every aspect, every friendship, uh, you know, every, you know, interaction we may have, you can set them at work, you can set them at home. In the end, it's just very important that you do set them and that you do stick to them. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on this podcast about boundaries where next time we're going to talk about making unconventional choices. When people ask you, why are you single? Why don't you have kids? And you have personal beliefs around those, those items, like why you want to be single, why you don't want to have kids. We're going to and talk what about- you have to deal with when you make those decisions. Exactly. You know, the fact that you, you hear from your parents, the looks that you get from your aunts, you know, things like that, all of that. Thanks for joining us today on In Between Breaths. We'll see you next time. I'm Scott. And I'm Alana.